Strong Life Coach podcast, where we showcase stories of inspiring professionals while highlighting the universal principles of success. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by attorney Layla Gowry. Layla, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, I'm excited about our conversation. You certainly bring to you a, a wealth of experience and insight. And I think our listeners are going to very much benefit from listening to what you have to share. For our podcast listeners, let me share with you a little bit about Layla's background. Layla Gori is the principal attorney and founder of Antares Law Firm. She focuses her practice, her practice in trademarks, small business advertising, advising, and government contracts. She has experience in trademark prosecution and litigation, UDRP administrative proceedings, bid protests, and claims in government contract matters. False Claims Act litigation advising small to mid-sized companies in protecting their intellectual property and has aided nonprofits and startups with formation and business strategy. Previously, she worked for large firms and government agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, and the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA. She devotes her time to her local community and is a dedicated contributor of the Maryland Pro Bono Resource Center and the DC Bars Pro Bono Services for Small Businesses and Nonprofits. Over the past decade, Layla has taught as a university, university professor and is a published author. She is currently pursuing a PhD in law and religion. She has native fluency in English, Urdu, Hindi, and Punjabi. She lives in Maryland with her husband. In her free time, she loves writing, fiction, painting, international travel, meditation, and practicing yoga. Such a fascinating person with a, a, certainly an intriguing background. I'm excited for us to be able to talk. Why don't we start with, with um, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? Sure. Um, I think that one is pretty simple. I enjoy that my work is like able to creatively affect solutions for the lives of other people. So I essentially enjoy contributing to the needs and the creative process of others. Uh, I'm in awe when an entrepreneur builds a business from ground up or puts their talents or a creative like puts their talents to use by creating something from nothing. Um, it's an incredible experience to be part of. Yes. You know, um, to, as I'm listening to you, uh, being a part of somebody's experience, you know, even when you, you brought up entrepreneurs and sometimes in, in the entrepreneur space, they're pursuing this dream job or this dream business. And they, some, some of them, similar to, to me, is, you know, we left this corporate career behind and we're pursuing this dream job. And for you to play a role in somebody's dream job and have that association of this dream job and helping them to protect it. And, and, and initiate and launch it is a, it has to be precious for you to be a part of um, their dream um, of, of what they want to do with their time and with their life. Yeah, I consider myself very lucky that I get to do that, really. Mm, yes. Now, how did, you, how did you decide to focus on small business and uh, trademark law? Sure. Uh, so I'm an artist. I write, I paint, I dance. And in my early 20s, if you told me, hey, you're going to be a lawyer, I wouldn't have believed you, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, um, I always tell people that the legal field found me. So I was previously working uh, at higher, institution, uh, 
higher learning as institutions or universities. I was teaching, I was an administrator. And I often chose to work on projects that like incorporated legal matters in higher education and learned that my mind was made for that kind of technical work as, it much, as much as it was for that creative work. So naturally when I started my own practice, I began by focusing on the world of small business and trademarks because I love creating things and I really enjoy helping other people, like I said earlier, during the same. And this sort of intersection allows me to come in contact with the people that I, I relate to their experience. And I'm like, hey, I, I know what you're going through and I have the solutions that you need. Yeah. So it's personal, <laughs> let's put it that sure. way. Yeah. You know, it, it is fascinating as you described, um, you not seeing yourself that way because your background, even you talked about, you know, writing fiction, painting. So you, you see that like element of your mind, right? The artist's mind. <laughs> and then you bring like you're an attorney, you know, and then and then the professor, the you know, this other um, element of your mind where it's it, what the first phrase that came that, that, that came to my brain was dynamic. This is a very dynamic person. So she has the versatility right to connect with that part of her brain the artistic side but then also that other business the you know the law you know you think about like rules and regulations that side as well but to have that those two in one individual um again it's very dynamic thank you that that's really nice of you that's really nice of you now i don't know what to say <laughs> thank you <laughs> so um, maybe we'll talk about maybe um, on the other side of this, um, on, uh, aside from, you know, maybe what you enjoy, what you focus, um, maybe we could talk about a challenge, you know, a challenge you faced um, in being an attorney and how you how you've overcome that challenge. Sure, sure. Uh, like being a lawyer, as you know, can be challenging in so many ways. Um, mm -hmm. This is a profession that comes with its share of darkness. And what I've come to learn is that darkness sort of provides opportunity for us to find light. So one challenge that has immensely helped me grow is coming to understand the concept of stress differently. Um, you often hear how uh, attorneys accumulate stress, leads them to burnout, many leave the profession, number of them will speak ill of it, and probably rightfully so, not many of us are taught the skills to navigate or even understand the accumulation of stress. So when you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and you're going to wilt under the pressure and you, but you still got to keep going, it's only natural that you're going to burn out. It's going to happen. So I've come to understand stress differently. I've come to understand it as an indicator for my body and my mind that something is overfiring and that I need to slow down and, or that my mind and body are going to basically slow me down or stop. Right. Stop me from doing whatever I want to do. So stress, I think, in this profession is often a silent message from your body and your mind um, in which you are either making decisions or delegating tasks or setting expectations that aren't working for you. And so I've come to look at stress not as an enemy, but as a messenger. Mm. It's, a, it's a message from the, this complex machine of your body and your mind that essentially is trying to tell you something and right. it's up to us what we're going to do with that. So if you try to fight stress, you're going to lose, you're just going to lose. And I learned early on in my legal career that I have to pay attention to, mm -hmm. to stress. And over time I've learned to kind of interpret what it's calling for. 
So when you're a lawyer and a business owner, which in my case I am, uh, you need to learn to find grounding in your life and to sort of prioritize what decisions require your attention and what doesn't. And you need to know what you can do and have the humility to say, hey, I can't do this. I need to delegate it or I need to say no. And that that was was a hard hard lesson to learn, but it's been Mm life-changing. And it's an important skill to acquire. And let me tell you, there's no virtue in in being busy. I know that that's our culture, like our hustle culture, but there's no virtue in being busy and burnt out. The burnout won't just affect you personally. It's going to affect the people you work with, the people you live with, the people you love. It's really never worth it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I would say that from the brink of burnout, I've learned to understand the capacity of my mind and body. I know my limits. I know what I can and can't do. I've learned to slow down and approach being a lawyer and a human really um, in a more sustainable and self-compassionate way. And it's a, it's a sort of a process. So I'm still learning every day. Mm. Um, But if you focus on what you can take on in a day and leave room for surprises and moments where things may go wrong, you won't need to manage your stress, but rather you'll be able to channel it into creativity, problem solving, um, and maybe a level of work that others can't execute. Mm. So, so yeah. And I feel like your unique qualification to speak about it is, I mean, you, again, your, your whole background, right? I mean, even the glimpse of the background is, okay, it's it, again, attorney, the, you know, the pursuing of the PhD, and then it's, um, again, the author stuff and being able to channel all of that, even your creative outlets, right, of, of writing fiction, painting, meditation, yoga, that comes along with who you are and what you do. I could see how um, all of that flows together. Uh, what, what, I, what I really want to highlight for our listeners is to reframe the way you, um, Layla just gave us a principle of reframing the way you look at stress and seeing it as a messenger. Uh, I thought that was uh, a brilliant insight. I think that that certainly speaks to me. Um, and, I, and I know there are moments when the, me- the messenger of stress for in my life has been go, go exercise and release that, you know, release some of that. Other times it's, it's map out your next few days so you can actually focus. And then other times it's even what Leila mentioned, which was this idea of boundaries and say no, you know, and some of us who, you know, are, you know, uh, we, 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 some of us want to say yes to everything. I know I can be that way. Um, but to say no and understand when you, when you say yes, you're saying no to everything else in life. Uh, when you're saying yes to one commitment, you're saying no to everything else. So anyway, I thought that you're offering some great, great insight for us to think about in, in, in when it comes to, uh, to stress in our lives. And I think, again, you, your, your, your background certainly um, gives you so much credibility in navigating that effectively. Yeah, stress is, um, it's got a bad rep. Let's put it that way. It, it's, I really think it shows up in service of you, really, you know, it's, um, mm-hmm. and if you kind of get in touch with yourself as a human, you'll, I think you learn that, like you said, like sometimes you've got to go to the gym and you've got to work off the excess energy sure. and, and you're, it's hard to find that grounding until you've done it. I've, I've been there mm-hmm. and sometimes you take a day off for yes. no reason. Your body's burnt out and it's hard. It's hard in our profession to do that, but 
if you want to actually thrive in your life and live, you might need to. Mm, so. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Now, similar question, maybe a little bit of a different um, focus is establishing the work-life balance as an attorney. It's something that comes up a lot in, in, in these interviews. Um, sometimes when I ask the question to attorney, attorneys are, start laughing, like, you know, what is that? Or does that exist? Or is that real? Um, but what, is, what has helped you with, uh, help, what has helped you establish work-life balance as an attorney? Okay. I'm going to give you a similar answer. And I'm going to say that I've largely come to understand that work-life balance is a myth. <laughs> hmm. uh, there's an implication in that concept, right? That like work is bad and life is good. Hmm. And that we lose ourselves in work, you know, but we're going to find ourselves in life. And that on some level, the belief is that we have to balance this suffering that comes with work and the joy wow. that comes with living like that's that's the underlying belief when you ask that question right wow or even if you frame your worldview that way what if i think if you're going to thrive in life you got to come to understand your work as a part of your living part of your life just as you do your family your friends your hobbies your community the maintenance of your well-being so these are all aspects of modern day life and they all share these incredible uplifting moments and they all have their shares of these really dark moments that drag us down. This is true for work too, right? Mm -hmm. So the sooner we have that awareness, the more fully we're gonna live. And so I think when you have that awareness, you're gonna prioritize what's important to you as a person and you'll inevitably come to understand I have a finite number of hours in a day, finite number of years in my life and my attention span is finite. So I'm, I'm going to choose where to delegate it very carefully. Wow. Mm. So, you know, it's not about work-life balance to me. It's about learning to live with a level of self-awareness and to live intentionally. Otherwise, you know, that battle with work and life, nobody wins. Wow. It's just, yeah. I love it. I love the insight. <clears throat> and, I, and I love the mindset challenge uh, to us all that you're giving us. Um, and uh, I think awareness it's crucial whether people get it from journaling or from friends who are willing to listen and draw out or it's it's in that professional space you know i've certainly in 2021 you know i've i've uh i went to weekly therapy to get you know to grow very much growing in that awareness and then uh um in coaching for sure i think all of those arenas um allow you to really grow in that self-awareness that you're talking about but i love the challenge as well um of uh, reframing the perspective and there's two phrases you use which is to thrive in life and then you're talking about also living fully and I think those two are what we all want and for you to give us that perspective on and how to view work and not view it as the again as suffering you know and it's it's, it's a part of the holistic uh, view of life You, you've reminded me too of um, when I worked at, uh, at Nationwide, Nationwide I, you know, worked in, 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 in insurance. Um, it was very common where people's, when I would ask people on a Monday how their weekend was, you know, they would talk about it not being long enough, right? And I asked people on, on, on Wednesday how they're doing. They're like, well, it's almost Friday. So there is like this five days out of the week, very, very much to what you're talking about, where for there, if you just listen to their description of life, it was five days of suffering, two days of, I don't know, paradise. And that paradise wasn't long enough. And then that suffering was too long. And 
but it but it, it it did strike me as something I don't I didn't want that mindset. But I think you're you're really hitting that point when you view work as suffering, and then if you don't have leverage the awareness to navigate to make it better or to have the courage to potentially pivot out of it and, and to do something different. So, um, Leila, the next thing I want to ask you about is if someone was listening to this episode and they could connect you with your perfect referral partner, who would that be? Where would they be? What do they do? Sure. Uh, if I understand that question correctly, uh, I think you're asking who would be like my ideal potential client. Is that, is that the question? Or, or? Sure. sure. Your potential client or somebody who, who, who knows a lot of your potential clients. One or one Got, or it. Right. Got it. Got it. Uh, so really small business owners, uh, accountants, these are um, creatives, um, other attorneys, and they can be based out of DC, Maryland. Uh, the thing with trademarks is it's federal law. So we can help clients across the nation. So really uh, a referral partner might even be situated in California or Texas or Arkansas, you know, Mm -hmm. So uh, anyone who is helping um, others form businesses, creatives, uh, lock down their intellectual property, yeah, we'd, we'd be happy to help. And uh, you can find our contact information on www.antariuslawfirm.com. That's A-N-T-A-R-E-S-L-A-W-F-I-R-M.com. Or you can Google my name and hopefully that'll come up. So Yes. Perfect. And for our podcast listeners, I just want you, you, you all to know because Layla has chosen to give us some of her time on the podcast. Let's do our part. So maybe we can connect her, you know, refer her um, with, again, she mentioned business owners, accountants, creatives, um, folks in the DC and Maryland area. Um, and then, but you said even um, other lawyers can be great referral partners. And uh, you mentioned one more, um, the, oh, from the national perspective, remind me one more time of the national perspective of how we, we people can uh, um, refer you from, from from that angle. We can help uh, any small business or just any corporation looking to procure their IP rights, especially in trademarks across the nation. All right, I like it. Thank you, thank you for that. Let's do our part, podcast listeners, to support and help Layla with what she's doing in her law firm. The last question I have for you today, uh, Layla, is what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? Sure. I think this is going to kind of tie back to where we started coming full circle. I love human ingenuity and creativity. I just, I'm in awe of it, right? So my clients and even the entrepreneurs and creatives in my own family and friend circle continue to inspire and awe me. And they kind of show me what's possible in life. New art, new ways of living, new inventions, new ideas, new businesses, new ways to be kind of free financially and so on. Um, since the start of the pandemic, I've come to learn that the number of people starting new businesses and filing trademarks has increased like substantially. Wow. And it shows us that the pandemic hasn't killed the American spirit of creativity and ingenuity. And so we're a nation that wants to thrive. And yeah. I'm, I'm here, I'm here to be a part of it, you know? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. 100%. No, um, I think about the, the resilience and the, and, and the brilliance that comes from um, hard times. And it, it causes us to innovate, pivot, change, 
um, and, uh, and get creative on, on how we operate and how we live. And I think for, for all of our listeners, if, if you have some of that spirit in you, that creativity, the engine, in, in, um, ingenuity that Layla mentioned, just so you know, um, you're, you're already displaying and cultivating characteristics that Layla's saying is some, some of her, the, her favorite qualities of her favorite people. So you're already living out the characteristics of her favorite people. So we, we love that. Um, Layla, I want to say thank you so much for uh, spending time with, with me today on, on, on today's, uh, today's podcast episode. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, and we also want to say thank you to our precious listeners for turning, tuning in to another episode. We um, Be sure to go over to the Apple Podcast app and give us the five-star review. Remember to subscribe and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you.